So, Bob, is this a safe place for discourse? I hope okay, so. <laughs> good. Because I, I've been pretending it is for quite some time. Because we have the normal show disclaimer, but rather than disclaim, I mean, we'll, we'll do the normal disclaimer, but rather than just do the normal disclaimer, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I'm probably going to piss off the science folks, and I'm probably going to piss off the religious folks. Why are you going to piss off the science folks? That doesn't seem like something you would do well, at all. Well, it's 2020. Outrage culture was born not that long ago, and people just like to be pissed. So, if, But do scientists play that game? Because they're pretty factual. Uh, there's a, there's different kinds of scientists, right? There's, there's yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, they're humans, right? So it depends. I guess. I just don't see Neil deGrasse Tyson getting outraged. So something, a scientist. so something happened in 1984, Bob. Do you know what happened? Um, George Orwell wrote a book? Um, no, he actually wrote that in 1948. <laughs> but, you know, about okay. the year 1984. I probably got the year he wrote it wrong, but it was a long time ago. Anyway, no. What you meant to say, but you didn't say, is Gozer the Gozerian asks the Ghostbusters if they're gods. And Bob, do you remember what they say? Oh, how did I how did I misquote that? <laughs> <laughs> right. <How> did, <laughs> Are you a god? So, do you remember what the Ghostbusters replied? Who are you going to call? No. In fact, they said no. They said, you know, when Gozer says, "Are you a god?" and they and they're like, "No." No. And then she like tries to destroy them. So, how does this? I'm terrible at this. That's okay. I am. I am a bastion of useless pop culture references. Okay. So, Bob, would you like to play God on Earth? Kevin, uh, I think I have since I have children. Doesn't that qualify? Uh, yeah, maybe. I guess you kind of brought life into this world and the common thing is I brought you in this world I can take you out take you out <laughs> at least at least that's what I was told when I was a child um okay so playing god I don't really know if I have godlike playing godlike tendencies I, I'm a floater I just kind of go where the wind takes me for the most part all right so um would you consider saving or manipulating populations of species of animals on earth, a bit of kind of messing with how things work, kind of, kind of godlike a little bit. <sighs> I know where this is going. <laughs> I know where you're taking me. Um, oh boy. Um, all right. No, but we do. Well, let's naturally or not. We let's do. develop it a little further. So there is like an article and I think his name was Diego or something. The turtle. Maybe, maybe, you know, his actual name. He, he's been tasked. He's a giant turtle. He's been tasked with making babies, making more giant I turtles. He, I think he succeeded and they set him free. Yeah. He made like 2000 babies. So there was at once, you know, a very small number. Now there's 2000. Thanks to his sexual prowess as a giant turtle, right? Did they, I didn't read the article. Did they do it naturally or did they do an extraction and implantation? Method? I'm pretty sure he did it the old fashioned way, Bob. Oh, good on him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, if you listen to Joe Rogan, which I know we both do, sometimes he'll mention 
wolves are being reintroduced to curb like elk populations or deer population and, and things like that. And uh, other things that we kind of play God as humans is genetically modified organisms. And you and I have talked little like three sentences maybe on the pod and maybe a little more off about where we are with genetically modified organisms. And for the lay user, a GMO is basically vegetables that produce bigger fruit. Um, It's going to be chickens. Well, actually, before we get to chickens, uh, it's going to be basically... But since the dawn of... But hang on. Since the dawn of time, we've been genetically modifying just by breeding yeah and like just like the turtle the good old i was trying to come up with what 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 do we call that as humans because we took corn because like the original corn was like really mes you know small meager looking and we used i guess expedited natural selection to make the corn super fat and feed the population well you brought up apparently something similar has happened to bananas as well because apparently the bananas of old don't taste like the bananas of today well, how long have bananas tasted? Plus, they don't exist. What? I don't think the bananas of old actually exist anymore. All right. I mean, there's those things called plantains or whatever. You know, kind of look yeah, like. Yeah, but bananas. I think that there's. I'll have to find the article and maybe put it in the show notes. But uh, there's definitely some discussions about how bananas have been genetically re-engineered. You know, but through breeding. You know, bananas are like the number one selling thing at Walmart. I believe it. Yeah. And I used to work at a Walmart distribution center, grocery one, and bananas were like the first class citizen of products in the warehouse. I mean, you wanted to get in trouble, go mess with the bananas. There's a whole team of people that will like take you down if you try to mess with the bananas. It's it's amazing. All right. So we've 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 crossbred corn. Well, it's just it's very popular in the plant world to um cross-pollinate species to create a new plant, whether it be more suited to feed more people or a visual appearance plants, you know, like flowering plants are pretty right. common there. So there's a lot of people who are against GMOs because I guess they ignore the idea of natural expedited natural selection because that's air quotes nature. But there's also the laboratory version where they're kind of doing gene editing. And then you there's no shortage of labeling. If you go, you'll see gluten free and then you also see non GMO on the on the box, too. But do you think so as far as that classification goes, they're talking about laboratory genetically modified, not classic just cross-pollinating. Right. And I saw a tweet and I'm not going to be able to give the person credit, but basically it came down to the difference between laboratory and natural selection is basically this human emotional laden burden that you put upon yourself because at the end they both won't kill you. They both taste good and they both will feed you. So who cares whether it was in the lab or natural selection, right? But I think, and this is probably getting to the crux of where you're going to anyway, I think that the general fear is, is if we're doing this artificially in even so far as the artificially not encouraging the crossbreeding of species, those kind of things. But if we're doing it in a scientific lab underneath microscopes with, you know, uh, syringes and uh, centrifuges and things like that, I think the inherent fear is that that's going to cause a domino effect of negative consequences. Right. And if we stick with food for a moment, 
And I told you, you know what? Here's corn. I'm not going to tell you whether it was modified by the laboratory, whether it was not modified at all, or it was we just had many, many, many generations of expedited natural selection. Here you go. Would you eat it or not? Or would you care? I probably wouldn't care. Um, I definitely wouldn't know. Although, like, supernatural stuff tends to be a little bit different on flavor profile, texture, all that kind of stuff. But I uh, mean... Yeah, the other it really makes no difference to the the other buzzword in food is organic. Which, if you look at the rules, basically there's as long as you check like two, two or three of these boxes, you can use the word organic. But it's totally, in my opinion, non-GMO and organic is totally a marketing term. It's totally just some hipster way of saying we're better than you, and it's just the new marketing. What do you think? Yeah, organic is more of a organic is definitely more of a an encouragement to follow a specific set of standards is outlined by some organization where the GMO is almost like a confession or not confession. Like, you know, so we're just letting you know this product has been genetically modified. And I probably should have looked up for the episode what the true definition of genetic, genetically modified well, is. While I muse on this next topic, maybe if you want to ask Mr. Google, uh, or uh, so the, the next part is, is so we talked about plants and you mentioned the word breeding so we breed plants we also breed animals so we have dogs right we i own two labradoodles that's unnatural for the most part unless you have a labrador and a poodle who are like friends i could see a lab thinking a you know poodles kind of cute yeah it, asking her out on a date yeah they and, use like doggy know. tinder it's really weird but you know and I, and I have two two labradoodles so bark left bark right exactly and then uh we also have so we don't eat dogs well fortunately um but we have cattle pig uh sheep you know that sort of thing we do have like the bacons and the steaks of the world's and we've also done a an expedited natural selection of those. We also have things like this is antibiotic free. We have uh, free range chickens, things like that. So we definitely, I, I don't know that that rises to the level of God, but it definitely rises to the level of manipulation. And hopefully I've bought enough time for you to tell us what GMO is defined as. Oh, Totally. Uh, GMO or genetically modified organism is a plant, animal, microorganism or other organism whose genetic makeup has been modified in a laboratory using genetic engineering or transgenic technology. It's a couple couple $5 words. That's right. We'll just go with it's some science involved, right? Well, I think the I think the important part is laboratory. Okay. So if there's two different crops in a field and they cross pollinate and it makes a crop that's more um, suitable for fill in the blank, that is not genetically modified. That is just good old fashioned farming. You are listening to the Bob and Kevin show with Bob Beatty Barr and Kevin Gisheski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show and our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. The 
just to take it to the extreme because that's what we do here. So if I now build four walls and a roof around your field and they're making babies under the roof and I stick a sign on that says Kevin's Laboratory Farm, is that now GMO? Uh, would you be using genetic engineering or transgenic technology? Um, I think the <laughs> operative words in there are engineering and technology. Um, I don't know. All right, moving on. No, I don't think you would. I think if you put a house over your plants that were doing it with people that that plants that weren't their species, I think you're. I fine. was going to ask you then GMO. if the tomatoes that are growing in a window at Grandma's house is she, you know, practicing GMO? So I, I guess we're saying no. So. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because I'm sure we'll touch on this later. Well, I'll save that. So okay. where, where are you taking this next? All right. So manipulating, breeding, growth of vegetables, laboratory, uh, things like that takes me to, you know, like when, when, an, when an animal is going to be extinct, like the turtle or low in number, like the black rhino or pick, pick some sort of endangered species as humans, I'm, and this is where I'm going to piss off probably, I don't know, maybe everybody. I look at that and go, maybe we maybe we should let them all die. <laughs> and, you know, please don't at me. But I'm asking. Well, no, but I, I think there's a definite, I, I don't think it's just you. I think there's a whole camp of people who believe that the natural consequences of all of our actions are those natural consequences and we should let those play out. I think there's obviously another group camp of people who believe that we should do everything within our power. I'm doing everything in air quotes, by the way. Right. Everything in our power to stop that destruction based on our natural consequences. But then, however, some people in that camp w would be appalled if quote-unquote unnatural methods were used to course correct, even though unnatural methods probably put us on the course in the first place. Right. So to recap, I, on one hand, we introduce wolves to balance an ecosystem. On the other hand, we take an ecosystem that is favoring the extinction of obsolete, potentially animals, and we, we artificially prop them up. Yeah. Well, but I think in a lot of those cases, those are reintroductions. So let's say, especially as it relates to the wolf, the wolf used to roam free across many a continent. And then due to expansion, uh, technology um, and probably very specific measures to remove wolf populations from an area. Now we're finding that they did serve a purpose in the um, conservation effort and management of wild animals. So now we're reintroducing species back into areas where they used to be, but aren't any longer. And I get the whole idea of that, um, ecosystems can collapse and you have to possibly recognize it and make adjustments. But let's take it to the extreme. A Bob and Kevin show favorite. So the Tyrannosaurus Rex was not completely extinct by a meteor. In fact, they lasted until the early 20th century and then the final ones uh, were placed in the captivity. Do we need to keep them alive is what I'm getting at. Do I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> Wait, this is fake, Oh, right? totally. Yeah, so... Okay. <laughs> I was like, what books are you reading? No, I am definitely, you know, at risk of sounding like weird flat earther guy. Um, I'm uh, completely hypothetical. What if the T-Rex uh, lived to modern times? 
would there be people out there going, we need to save the T-Rex. Meanwhile, we haven't heard from that person in a while after the, after they tried to feed it, you know? <laughs> oh, oh, without a doubt, there would be the save the T-Rex people. All right. All right. So now we've kind of set the table here. So imagine. <laughs> we have. I'm so confused. <laughs> Where is this going? So imagine um, you had the ability to bring back the T-Rex, kind of like Jurassic Park. But your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Or, more likely, you had the ability to prevent um, or cure people of genetic diseases, such as, I don't know, uh, I don't know, bad stuff. There's a whole list of bad things. Right. Whole Whole total list. And imagine that there's a technology that allows you to cut and paste DNA like it were a freaking word document and just change the genetic code and to recap dna is the double helix thing and it's got four sets of possible letters i forget the four letters it's like tcga or something like that and those are the only depending on how you combine these that's that's basically what defines bob you as a person me as person and everyone else so sometimes there's errors in those and those errors give rise to diseases so there's a technology called CRISPR. Bob, do you know what CRISPR stands for? It's an acronym. Uh, I, I do have a tab open somewhere that tells me what CRISPR means. Uh, All right. Uh, <laughs> but I don't have it right here. <laughs> it means clustered, regularly, interspaced, short, palindromic repeats. Wow. Say that 10 times fast. So we're just going to call it CRISPR moving forward. And, and it's also typically grouped with a... Uh, protein called Cas9, but there yeah, are more okay. than one. So there's technology, and it's I don't want to call it old technology, but it's emerging technology. But it's been around for at least five years or so, and it allows this cut and paste of somebody's DNA. So the first question I had for myself was: Is wait a second, you can cut and paste somebody's DNA, but DNA is per cell, right? So each cell has the same DNA, but if I want to cut and paste, you know, a, a skin cell great but what about the other cells in my body how do i you know make it propagate through my body or whatnot so i i looked this up and there's two ways to do this they can either take cells out of your body cut and paste and then put them back in or they can at at uh at the sperm egg level at the embryo stage you know right when they combine get the first cell they can edit that one cell and they subdivide. Now it's in every cell in your body. Sounds awesome, doesn't it, Bob? We can just cure every disease. The end. Highly unlikely that that's the uh, short. Part. All right. Well, let's <laughs> let's look some more at uh, kind of how it works. So, uh, I watched a, a, like a the equivalent of TED Talks and stuff on this, and different videos on YouTube. So essentially, what CRISPR is is a molecular scalpel, and it's. Actually, according to them, well, actually, is very uh, accurate, easy, quick, and inexpensive. Those are usually things you don't associate with, like, new, modern, cutting-edge technology, right? Yeah, I think, like, the legit machine is only, like, 10 grand. And so there's, uh, uh, you can can buy kits online for about $200, and you can do biohacking on yourself. And the way it works is in your cells, you have RNA and they, they program these proteins to, to look for a certain sequence of genes or nucle- uh, 
proteins, if you will, in your body. And once it finds a match, it will then cut and paste uh, the take the old one out, or I guess it would be cut. Where would it be cut? Yeah, it would be cut and paste. It can, yeah. yeah, it can remove completely. It can replace or it can repair. And repair would just be realigning the CGs, the Ts, and the As to put it in the desired sequence. So the programmer in me goes, ah, so this is pretty much a regex. <laughs> so based on this pattern. It kind of it kind of is. And Bob, when you have, <laughs> if you have uh, 99 problems. Regex totally. Yeah. Okay. Me, by yeah. The way. So because imagine what would happen, and this happens all the time in programming. Hey, I think I got the, the pattern to match. And then you apply it and it either a doesn't match or b what's worse is it matches a bunch of stuff you didn't intend it to match so that's that's kind right. of important if i have trouble with a regex for a phone number for instance right <laughs> you're telling me that scientists have figured out the regex for all dna sequences or well i guess they haven't figured out for all of them but they the, the literature says it's relatively simple i believe that's a quote to pretty much decode anywhere they want to so we can't and so phone number is tough emails even more like controversial because right. there's like hey i need the reg if you google the regex for email you will get so many answers that all of them say are right and then there's the well actually guy who always puts the little comment and stack over well actually it doesn't cover this case okay whatever i got it okay so what's what's this best for well apparently if you have a single gene that's jacked up this is the best thing so far that they've got and one other delivery method that they have for this and the, the idea here is this is going to cure some disease that uh, one delivery method that they're trying to use is create a virus that attacks every cell in your body and it performs the cut and paste everywhere in your body so the virus becomes yeah. the, the transport mechanism if you will that's basically the uh, process they were outlining um, in a NPR uh, episode of Radio Lab that I would listen to a couple years ago. I think they actually just revisited it not too long ago. So, th- one of my kids has to get monthly infusions at the hospital, and we have to do that for his foreseeable future for life, as far as we know, because he got a jacked up immune system. So there's a bit of an appeal here that, hey, you know, we can do this here. If you know somebody with cancer, I guess that's one application, too. They can program um, things to, uh, you know, attack cancer. Um, but what what is kind of weird when people kind of go to the Black Mirror episodes are, you know, could you create a super soldier? Could you create a designer child or whatnot? Right. So that's where it starts getting weird. Well, I, I think that's the slippery slope for most technology. Um, even that uh, Netflix limited series, I guess is what they're calling it that you had recommended even in episode one, that the practical uses versus the, I would say cosmetic uses that, Joe user biohacking in their basement. Like it was almost three to one cosmetic type things. Wow. That's an awesome transition because I got a list of things here that, well, if this were possible, what, what could people use this for? Well, obesity would be one of them, right? Hey, (laughs) I want to be able to eat whatever I want and I want my body to be able to just whatever, you know, it, that's that's what I want. Oreos every day, and I still look amazing. So that's that's one thing that people would use for vanity, right? 
Yes. So you got that metabolic and then also um, like the muscle tissue, like the ability to multiply muscle tissue at a faster rate. And just to make things weird, uh, breast augmentation, right? Right now, it's very popular for women to do breast augmentation or reduction, if you will, some sort of body modification there. And for men, I don't have to <laughs> lead you very far to tell you what men might want to do. Ooh, if we say male enhancement, can we put that in the um, show title and get that click? Yes. Uh, mm. Let's say it one more time. Male enhancement. Male enhancement. There we go. So it'll definitely be in the transcript. <laughs> um, now, vasectomy would be the next thing. Wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to do anything other than take an injection and now you're just eh, shooting blanks? They almost have that down to an injection at this point anyway. It's such microsurgery. So. And along these lines, what what <laughs> if we perfect this so much? And now I'm just going, I like going to the black mirror uh, end of the spectrum sometimes. What if we no longer procreate the old way, air quotes, everyone becomes sterile through an injection, and then you just order your baby online, you sp- from the central repository <laughs> you've heard this story before <laughs> except this time you're going to take a swab of your mouth and then your potential mate and you send both q-tips in and dude it, that sounds hot and four box tops <laughs> from your favorite cereal <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it goes to the central repository they engineer your child from an embryo they basically go to the freezer and you know do their thing and you know drop in your whatever it is they do and then your kid shows up the woman doesn't even have to go through the pain of childbirth anymore they everything is custom ordered it's your kid there's hopefully no no swapping of dna with the wrong donor you know you know whatever what do you think let's let's take it back a half step okay because I think the one of the original like sales jobs part of this would be we can eliminate X. And X, in this instance, the sales job part of it would be something awful that is taking lives at a, at a high rate at this current state in our, you know, our, our global community of people. So let's say that that works like without without a large dollar payment because it seems like this would be in the best interest of mankind so why would it be expensive first of all that it would never go down like that it would be super expensive to start but let's say that they could fix something that uh that affected a lot of people the the, the immediate cascade effect is that of that is we have people starving all over the world now anyway we do so why would we want to artificially inflate our population that's already growing at an extreme rate anyway? Oh, so one of the specials that I was watching brought up immortality. Sounds great, right? We can live forever. No, that's a shitty idea. It, a, it is a <laughs> shitty idea. And B, even if you double the life of humans, 200 years, imagine the food requirements and the, the just the, un- or the, the, the actual cleaning of the human population numbers won't happen at the same rate. I mean, you want to talk Dude, about overpopulation now, right? The only thing I could think of that would be worse than being 100 would be being 200. Ah, well, okay, <laughs> because of aging. But did you know that the the common lobster does not age? Okay, by what standard? <laughs> I don't know. I They were talking about how lobsters don't age, and I guess squids. Are, there's like different things that don't age. They still die. They're not immortal but they don't age. They're the same like age 
wise. I don't know how you determine the age of a lobster, um, but <laughs> you, you ask him. Hey, <laughs> or, uh, how old are you? Well, I'm 32, but I I feel like I'm six months or whatever. So. I'm calling so much bullshit on that statement. A lobster doesn't age. Google it. Check it. Look into it. Look into it. <laughs> so, all right. But the simplest, like our cells age. Like that's a known thing. Cells age and die off. Right. And they're not they're not the same as the day that they were formed. So how do we have organisms swimming around in our oceans who don't age? Well, I we'd have to look up the definition of age, aging, though. but the implication here is if humans can take lobster DNA and put it into humans, perhaps we don't age either, or we could even reverse the effects of aging. Or we end up with a hard outer shell and <laughs> well, tentacles. okay. See, I, I love I love your. We, we didn't plan this, but you have another bullet point I have on here. Also, we never plan anything, just in case. I, well, we, we don't. We do plan separately, just not collaboratively. So, right, right, right. right. Um, but imagine we're like, hey, we got this figured out. You can go on Amazon, order your CRISPR kit. You're like, hey, you know what? Instead of those tacky wild eyes for Halloween, I want real red eyes this year. So you go on Amazon, you buy your CRISPR kit. Suddenly you have red eyes. You're like, yeah, I'm getting tired of the red eyes. Let me go back to blue. Ooh, you should make them like glow bioluminescent eyes. Wouldn't that be cool? You know, kind of like the the Night King from Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Add that to cart two. Yeah, get one for me. Get one for me. Right. What could go wrong? Yeah, but have you ever cut a piece of paper and then pasted it back together and then cut it again and pasted it back together? <laughs> eventually, eventually the shit gets shorter and eventually it just breaks. Kind of like if you take a JPEG and just keep resaving it a thousand times, it turns into this exactly. pixelated goo. <laughs> so what what I'm getting at here is, are we risking creating bio disasters by making this super easy and convenient i would say yes we're gonna have that exoskeleton that we didn't mean to get from the lobster because we thought we were getting a no aging but now we have these freaks of nature right yes and did you see that panel it was like the silicon valley comic-con which i imagine that's probably like the biggest of the freak shows of everything but in the first episode of that netflix special they had that um panel and the one guy I get what he was lobbying for. You know, this CRISPR technology is being highly regulated with good cause, but we won't know what the implications of it are if we can't test it on healthy people. So I get what the guy's coming from, but I just feel like you're just asking for a shit ton of negative consequences. <laughs> Yeah. So like anything. So, okay, let's let's take the the invention of the atom bomb, which was preceded by the splitting of the atom. So when they split the atom, they probably well, the the Manhattan Project was built for war purposes. And but I think it's Oppenheimer who ran the project was like, oh, fuck, you know, basically the cat's out of the bag at this point. You know, we a new era is dawn and that's absolutely happened. And so the atomic bomb had some noble um, consequences, which is energy, nuclear submarines, more military. Uh, so we had nuclear power and things like that. But it came at the consequence of having created the most destructive weapon ever. And so I look at this CRISPR stuff as going, hey, this is cool. It has some good here, but it also has the consequence of having potential bio disasters. We could create some sort of biological weapon that can actually annihilate all of us overnight. 
you know, some virus right. or something. Almost seamlessly and silently. Right. And I, I think you brought up, um, you brought up Game of Thrones and I was just thinking about, you know, the, uh, what was that army of the unsullen? Was it, is that what they were called? Uh, the unsully, I believe. Unsullied, they were all, yes. uh, eunuchs. Right. So they could, in theory, speaking of the bioengineering, not just like chemical warfare, but they could bioengineer people without remorse, without, you know, appendages that aren't necessarily needed or, or appendages that would tempt them. So or I mean, make it so there's tons of negative. Or make it so humans are not hermaphrodites and you can actually reproduce asexually and you don't need a mate anymore. You just divide <laughs> or whatever. Oh boy. I, I'm pretty sure the Republicans will never let that happen. Like I said, we're gonna piss off everybody here today. <laughs> um so um hey, if we really want to piss off people, abortion. I'm gonna bring up abortion. So um you're probably wondering how does this mix in? Well, in a lot of countries and a lot of places um there's pre there's early pregnancy testing and some people choose to abort their pregnancies uh, or terminate the pregnancies whatever the the pc version of that is based on that and so you could look at this as going hey we could prevent abortions of the that variety if we can fix it you know hey we, we see there's a hole in the heart let's fix that we don't have to abort the fetus right so there's you know, I can see people coming. Where am I going with this, Kevin? I can see people from all <laughs> both sides of the. Oh, you took you took my line. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I can see people on both sides arguing for and against this. Is what I'm saying. And when I say both sides, it's the tip. It's the two sides in America. People, spoiler alert. So, I I'm not sure how this will come down. Do you see this um, going any particular way? I think that the in womb genetic defect repair is definitely another one of their sales tactics for this type of technology. Um, but also to go back to your blue eye, red eye, you know, cutting that piece of paper so many times that it just shreds. Um, I could see that same technique being used for fertility, like an on and off bit for fertility. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned it with the vasectomy. You know, it could obviously be used for women's reproduction as well. So you basically could go in and instead of being on birth control pills, get your DNA edited over a six-week course or whatever it is to turn off your reproductive organs. And then when you get to a point in your life where you think you're ready to settle down and have a family, you just go back and get it turned back on. It's the new birth control, right? Hey, I'm young. I don't need... It's the new everything control, unfortunately. I think. And that gives rise to, hey, I'm going to take my children down to the clinic, turn hit the off button because they, they get born with it on. So I'm going to hit the off button. Hey, kids, you just go be promiscuous as you want. Learn about everything. Hey, we've even taken care of HIV. It's, that's not a thing. We turned that off too. So you're resistant. Just go for it. Man, this is getting really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when you like in going back to the documentary again or whatever that is, the limited series, it, it's called Netflix. It's called Unnatural Selection because I don't think we've said it. Unnatural Selection. Okay, sorry, I meant to name it the first time. But if you go back to Unnatural Selection, this whole discussion of putting these kits or the ability for these kits to exist in a quote unquote home lab. I mean, basically you could start to, you know, there's the people there that were biohacking themselves, but you could most certainly biohack your kids without their consent though. 
really well, that'll be the next thing because we already have let's see it's the hpv virus uh vaccine that you can give to a tweener 12 13 14 ish um and that's controversial i mean heck people find getting the measles vaccine controversial <laughs> so you know i have yeah i have a, i have a hard time thinking that this will get very far however i think some of the aims of these biohackers is to make it so simple that if it's not legalized, that there will be a black market of biohacking out there. Kids, you're worried about marijuana. Worry about people getting genetically modified at this point. No, and I think that the biohacking movement is well underway. And I mean, body modifications have really transitioned into biohacking to be more permanent in nature. And it comes up in sci-fi shows all the time. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely part of culture. And this technology, like I said, that one article I found, I think the base regular machine that scientists use is only 10 grand for CRISPR. And now they've found a way to replicate it for literally pennies. So do you ever watch crime shows like The Last 48 or... Uh, I try really hard not to. So I'll nope, I'll, I'll binge watch some of those and just think less of humanity. But um, <laughs> a common theme during those shows is the DNA match the results. Well, guess what? I just you know, let's say you murder someone. I didn't want to say I murdered someone. Let's say someone <laughs> murdered somebody, and I bought one of these kits. FBI, if you're listening, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Kevin murdered someone. So, oh man, it's getting weird. Let me finish my thought. I took him it. off his game. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, could you modify your DNA after the crime, and it suddenly no longer match? And now I'm able to say, well, I'm only an eight percent match versus the ninety nine point nine nine percent match. I don't. By the way, you're not the father. <laughs> well, Maury Povich for you. Yeah, it's totally going to mess up the Maury show. Um, but no, I, first of all, huge uh, personal disclaimer here. I've never killed anyone, unlike my co-host. Um, hey, hey. Wait, 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 wait. That's not what I meant to say. Um, I don't know from the research that I've read. So I think it's very realistic to say, yeah, you could tweak something and be that not 99.9 match. But I don't know how long the course is to make a genetic correction to that extent. I don't either. Of course, that's during a lot of these talks. And uh, one of the, uh, the, I don't know if she's a co-founder, but she's one of the names. Her name's Jennifer Doudna. Uh, yeah, that actually sounds right. She um, was, you know, she was on this panel and she was very upfront and said, Hey, look, we can change one gene. We can maybe change a few sequences. And then, when the panelists were being asked about these black mirror type things. Well, not yet, but she didn't rule it out. She's like in the future, maybe, but she, she kind of threw a dose of reality. I think on some of that, um, I, I did have another sort of use for this. Imagine you're Russia, North Korea, or even maybe the United States, um, cause they're known to do some torturing. <clears throat> Um, let's say, no, let's say you had a detainee or a dissident political dissident like China. You, you know, if you're not part of the party, you're against the party. Could you modify, you send them to a, let's just say, we'll just go China. Okay. It, it, if, could you modify them in a way that would 
mark them or alter their behavior or some sort of or even like, you know, your truth serum. Hey, turn on these genes and they won't tell a lie, you know, during interrogation. I mean, there's so many bad things I think that are going to come out of this. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. All right. I have a question for you, Bob. Okay. If it were safe and if you had some sort of debilitating thing, hypothetically, would you do it to yourself or would you consult a professional who could perform some sort of modification to you? I think that begs such bigger questions. Um, You're so responsible, Bob. That's such a responsible answer. <laughs> well, I, I think about this all the time because, you know, I, I think you and I both do because we're parents. Um, you know, our kids, they're unique. And ourselves, personally, we're unique because of who we are and, and what our circumstance is and how we deal with that circumstance. And just like you wouldn't want to say you're defined by fill in the blank, it's still part of who you are. Um, I just don't know. I think I would fear the downside, like the, the unknown downside. Yeah. To, to try to undo something that's already been done for whatever reason or no reason, so but it's done. If I were to have surgery and uh, I've had minor surgery, but you know, I've known people have major surgeries. That's a physical manipulation of the you know layers above the stack, if you will, of DNA. You know, it's a higher order modification. Getting your ears pierced, getting a tattoo. Those are all body modifications to different you know extents. So I could see a rationale that DNA modification is just a modification of the body at a different stage of the the diagram, if you will. And if I were were dying and there were a certain cure and there was I guess the chances of it working or not were high or low but you're you're saying there's a chance you know I might consider it right but that's life or death I think that there's so many situations where in betweens right or out of convenience like being paralyzed or well maybe paralyzed because I think paralyzation definitely contributes to a life or death situation. So uh, there, there's a saying, uh, an injury that is based on life, limb, or eyesight. So I think one of those three um, would definitely uh, rise to the level of, hell yeah, uh, let's try it. However, vanity things such as, hey, I've got this freckle right here on my butt or whatever. <laughs> Can you make it go away? But don't use a knife. Can you just make it no longer part of my genome? And you know stuff like that. I don't think obviously it's worth the risk. Um, but I'm, I, I know people who have, you know, those giant, what are they call gauged earrings. Hey man, <laughs> you got a freaking coffee cup saucers as gauges there. You go, man, you go. I'm not that, but you, that guy would get his freckle removed off his ass. Yeah. I wonder if that would work. I don't know. There's just so much I don't know about. But here's one thing that I wanted to make sure that I got to before um, too long. One of the things that freaked me out in doing this research, and I don't know if you saw it or noticed it if you were doing any of the research online, but there are freaking ads. Like I'm staring at one right now. It's in the middle of one of the articles that I pulled up. Um, It's about the, the 
lab that found a way to basically make CRISPR tools for pennies. Um, there's an ad on the page that says, stop doing CRISPR for yourself. Order your knockout cell lines. So there are companies that you can pay to fabricate your knockout cells for you because apparently that many people are doing it at home. There's advertising for it. There's a, there's a market for this. Wow. Yes. Well, I wonder if this is kind of looked at by the FDA as like a, a supplement. This hasn't been tested. This statement has not been tested by the FDA. Good luck. But I think one of the challenges that they talk about all the time is that China, or maybe it's because it's only regulated at the upper levels and not at the personal level. I don't know. But, you know, one of the arguments is, well, China's way ahead of us in this technology because it's not as regulated as it is here. Ah, the old, we got to get ahead of them, the bad guys, right? Seems to be a very common theme. <sighs> um, so I just want to ponder another potential use of this. So life is very fragile. As far as we know, you need oxygen, you need water, you need you know, a place here, or you need a spacesuit. Imagine going to Mars without a spacesuit. We could genetically modify our astronauts to breathe the very thin atmosphere, or we could genetically modify them to breathe methane on one of the moons of Jupiter or Saturn. Of course, there's other problems like pressure suits, and I, I get that. Don't don't at me. <laughs> but imagine <laughs> we can modify, you know, humans to travel through the cosmos. Uh, but better. all that would require an extreme amount of experimentation, which is the problem right now. Like, which takes me that's not really back to my clickbait word, aliens. <laughs> what, 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 what's right, the so, connection so, there? Uh, aliens. Okay. So <laughs> imagine aliens have already had this problem. They want to go visit Earth. But we can't get there because of these biological issues. So what if they've evolved to the point where they now can do their own DNA splicing and editing and they've modified their bodies so that they got big black eyes and their small bodies and they're gray and they're very smart and they can travel across the cosmos. Maybe, maybe aliens are already doing this, Bob. What do you think? I'm going to guess they probably have better genetic code to start out with. That's what I'm going to guess. All right. Or so they live in a society where the genetic modification of their organism is a, an accepted norm and they bioengineer themselves to suit whatever next, you know, global mission they have. All right. So We've always heard of things like intelligent design versus evolution, right? I told you I was going to piss off everyone, <laughs> right? So, so intelligent design is basically the idea that humans started out as humans. They did not evolve to humans, where evolution is basically we started in a Petri dish, uh, a, a, you know, a little swamp, and then eventually we became humans over millennia. So what if humans were actually designed... By aliens, I know I keep bringing this back to you. I'm sounding really like tinfoil hatty. I, I apologize to everyone, but what if humans were dropped here as uh, an experiment, or monkeys, or apes, or chimps, if you will, were here, and then they're like, "Hey, let's take our own DNA and, and take these 
bipedal organisms with arms and let's combine it with our own DNA and just leave them here and we're some lab experiment that they're checking in on us every now and then. Well, I think that's a, a definitely a common argument for a lot of technological advance. It's either the simulation argument or that, you know, we're the experiment of an alien race. But I don't know if that addresses or solves just because we can, does that mean we should? Kind of, I think, which is the original premise of, you know, why we're talking about this, right? Right. Oh, for sure. Because for me, this sounds like a, a James Bond movie plot at this point where you got the evil, you know, the, the antagonist is totally like building this genetically enhanced army or building a bioweapon or God knows what. Um, the thing is, is I think this CRISPR thing is flirting with the hubris of humanity. And I think it's this innate thing that we have, especially as parents, that we want to create life and, you know, programmers want to create artificial intelligence and you got the whole gamut of things. And, um, it always comes back to what you said, which is just because we can, should we? And I am on the fence at this point because I can see the potential good for it. But I, I right now, the, the bad looks so overwhelming. How do you feel about it? Well, I think the bad looks so unknown, which makes it overwhelming. But I'm also super intrigued that I didn't think of this and you brought it up with the, the AI, the machine learning. And then we can even tie this back to bad bias too. Um, I can see it going toward analysis of data, AI determining what the perfect gene sequence looks like, and then the system of splices done with CRISPR to get some one person to that point. And, you know, depending on the garbage that goes into that AI analysis, the output could be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we could end up with nothing but zombies, a bioweapon that just inadvertently kills everyone, or we could end up with a great future. But the, the thing is, it's like, it's like counterterrorism. You have to account for the 99 things that they can do to hurt you, and they only have to be successful once, right? Um, so I, I look at this as going for the one thing or the few things that it, it looks like it could be good for. I also see the the downside of this and that uh i don't know if it really scares me yet because it's it's more academic papers and there's a couple cases out there at this point um but as they mentioned in one documentary in the 70s they had okay computers but they knew they would have better computers one day well right i think the same thing applies here they have pretty okay technology with gene editing now we know in the future it'll probably only get better Okay. Um, what did we forget? Well, I, I think it'd probably be a little bit remiss to not mention that I think we're both in agreement here that regardless of the outcome, I think the, the, the technology itself and the research that's, you know, been put into this this problem that needs to be solved apparently of, you know, splicing genes in figuring out that you could use a protein that acts as a virus to basically do 
the work. I, I, it's pretty impressive. I mean, it's very impressive. Oh, it, it, like who who thinks of this shit? <laughs> I was reading some of the Wikipedia articles and trying to make sense of it, and I just said, ah, "I'm glad I'm a programmer, not a biologist, because <laughs> I don't know what's going on here." <laughs> it feels like it crosses over into programming a little bit, though, with the you know the sequence and the rewirings and the knowing how do I like developing a technique for identification of the bad sequence and then the replacement or the reorganization or removal of that sequence. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's kind of like the chemical version of find and replace. <laughs> yeah. It's regex yeah. basically, like you said. <laughs> and that's And, and for non-programmers out there, regex is, stands for regular expressions and there's nothing regular about them. It's just a fancy way of pattern matching. <laughs> No way. You could totally find the pattern in anything. So I'm going to watch more of Unnatural Selection on Netflix because it's a little short series. I haven't made it through all the way. There's some good videos on YouTube regarding CRISPR and whatnot. Um, I've probably pissed off uh, science people, conservationists, religious types. But I just wanted to uh, kind of throw out there all the, the angles and... Definitely got in some uh, chops for aliens are probably at play here. Probably not putting that in the title, but uh, (laughs) hey, and for anyone that's still listening, um, if you've got thoughts on this, interestingly, we got, well, Kevin, because of course he puts all of his good tweets on his own Twitter account, um, got some pretty good engagement on talking about that we were going to be talking about this on the show today. So if you did listen... Obviously, we gave this a 30,000 foot because A, we're not biologists, B, we're not scientists, but um, it's a technology topic that I think is, is going to be more and more brought to the forefront as these days tick by. So let us know what you think on it for sure. All right, Bob. I think we're good to go. This is good, good, good stuff. I'm sure we'll uh, have more to follow as the technology develops and or as zombies uh, approach my front door. <laughs> just, just remember, kids, don't give your DNA to any of the online stores for DNA and uh, maybe don't modify with an at-home CRISPR kit. <laughs> yeah, just say no, kids. Hey. Have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at The Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans... You can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. <laughs>